Hello there. Welcome to the Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet Wealth. Uh, this week's edition is a little bit different as I attended um, a recent roadshow held at the Apex in various Edmonds and organised by BBC Radio Suffolk. And it was focusing on the rising cost of living and getting tips from a host of people who were there about how to cope with that. So today's episode is a little bit different because Whilst normally we interview people um, on a one-to-one basis, this time we walked around the hall and interviewed people who were at their respective stands. So it was a little bit different and an unusual way of actually getting to meet real people face-to-face and find out about the organisations in which they're involved. So as I worked my way around the hall, the first stand I came to was the Mentor stand. And I was uh, able to speak with Peter Wood, who works with Mentor. And Peter gave us a very brief overview of the work that they do. So uh, we are an enterprise agency. We support businesses, uh, perhaps if you are looking to start your own business and become self-employed, or you might have an existing business and you're looking to grow or perhaps sort of pivot the way that the business operates. Uh, We can provide fully funded help and support, unbiased advice just to help you to uh, achieve your goals. Excellent. And and what relevance would that have to what we're looking at today in the sense of... um cost of living and, and the impact that that has on individuals and maybe even businesses. Yeah, so, so we are finding actually that, uh, of course, the impact on business is as great as it is on you know individuals and, and consumers because those businesses are also faced with rising energy bills, they're faced with an increase in the cost of their supplies uh, and they're sort of seeing that um, they can't necessarily pass all of those costs on to their customers, so they're becoming, their margins are becoming squeezed, so mm. it's really important important to take care of their costs as well as look at ways of potentially uh, increasing sales and increasing revenue to make sure that their businesses remain viable really. That's a really important point because I think we often just focus on growing a business in terms of bringing in more people, increasing income but yeah we've got to look at the costs as well. Yeah, it's probably in tandem. I think any business really needs to keep a close eye on their costs as well as uh, keeping an eye on growth. Ideally, you want to achieve both, but if you can't achieve an increase in sales, then you have to uh, perhaps look at reducing your costs. Sarah, thank you so much for giving us some of your time. So talk to us about Still Good Food. We are essentially an environmental project. We're all about reducing food waste. So a lot of food is thrown away unnecessarily. So we get surplus food from supermarkets, producers, all sorts of different um, people, growers, farmers, uh, and we redistribute it to our community through our shops in Berries and Edmonds and in Great Barton. Uh, We are open to the public. We're not a food bank. We keep saying that we're not a food bank, but we're also very aware that some people come and shop with us who are finding things a bit tight at the moment and they can come and buy uh, one of our bags just for a pound and then they can fill their shopping bag and just donate according to how much they can afford and how much they've taken. So what came first? Was it the awareness of food waste or was it the awareness of maybe uh, helping people who otherwise are sort of struggling to make ends meet? What, 
what, what brought this thought? Um, it's very much a, a kind of double whammy, if you like. I think the food waste was definitely the thing that came first, but it's become very apparent, and certainly over the last couple of years with the pandemic, people being on furlough, people being made redundant, all that kind of thing, people having children at home, uh, having to feed them rather than getting free school meals and all this kind of thing. So it's just become very aware, uh, apparent that we are, we, as I say, we're kind of a double-edged sword, a double whammy, that we, we have this constant tension between we have all this food that we want people to eat, but we also want to make sure that people get fed as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... And it's, it's, it's dreadful to think of it, actually, that on the one hand things are being thrown away and on the other hand others are going hungry. Yes, absolutely. There are tons and tons of food. Uh, actually, the, the world could be fed on the amount of food that is wasted um, and that's just wrong. So how do people find you or how do they make use of your services? Uh, well, we are just a shop. We are open to the public, as I say. Um, anybody can come and shop at Still Good Food. Um, if you have a look at our website, we're only open for two hours a session, but we're open for six days a week in Bury St Edmunds um, and two sessions at the moment in Great Barton, hopefully going to increase that very, very soon to, that, to another one. Uh, if you have a look on our website, which is www.stillgoodfood.org, that gives you all the opening times and you're very welcome to come. Uh, it's fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you. Now we're uh, just having a conversation with Mike, who's from the Anglia Care Trust. So, uh, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about what you're, what you're doing here today? Yeah, so um, I'm Money Advice Lead at the Anglia Care Trust. Um, we provide budgeting and, um, well, it starts with budgeting all the way through to um, helping people with um, problem debt so we can... Um, give advice on debt relief orders and bankruptcy and IVAs and stuff like that. So today we're here just to give budgeting tips and to try and promote getting advice as early as possible because the earlier you get advice, the more options you've got for dealing with any debts that you've got. How do people find you now, rather than me making assumptions? How do people come across you? Um, so they can self-refer in if they go to our website, which is angliacaretrust.org.uk. Um, we've got a self-referral tool there. We also get referrals in from Ipswich Borough Council and we work with the Police and Crime Commissioner to get referrals for people who are victims of domestic abuse. So um, you can either be referred in to us or you can self-refer in. And so the issue, when it comes down to it, is it often budgeting that, that is the, the sort of trigger for how these things come about? Um, a lot of the times it's a change of circumstances which may or may not have been under the control of the person. So, for example, relationship breakdown or um, losing their job, redundancy, that sort of thing. A lot of time it's that sort of change or ill health which has um, meant that someone's gone from having an income that they're used to and then they've had a drastic cut in their income which has meant that they've got to reorganise and rebudget and look at things slightly differently. So that's generally where it comes from. But we also know that a lot of people will have debts that they're not addressing and they'll leave it and leave it and leave it and if the longer they leave it the less options there are really. So I understand that one of the difficulties in situations like that is people just not even opening their post? Yeah, we get a lot of um, people who will just get a letter and will just ignore it or put it on the mantelpiece and say and, and they'll deal with it later but they never get round to it. Um, one of our services is money mentors, so we have some volunteers who will go and help people to organise their post, open their post, get it um, get themselves so that they understand what their situation is and then start taking small steps forward themselves. 
And it's that um, the, the end objective to just sort of first of all work with people step by step. But is there a success rate that you've seen as you've gone through these things? Um, so yeah, we like to try and take it step by step and make it so that people um, can budget for themselves. And um, however, we are, we are aware that there are situations, or we know there are situations where it needs further intervention from us to help with debt solutions like a DRO or IVA or bankruptcy or something. Could you just explain those terms, DRO and IVA? A, d- a DRO is a debt relief order and it's designed for people on a low income um, with disposable income of less than £75 a month with debts of less than £30,000 and it basically puts a hold on your debts for a 12-month period then at the end of the 12-month period the debts get written off. An IVA is for designed for it's an it's a formal alternative to bankruptcy for people who have got available income each month or a lump sum in which it's a formal agreement with their creditors to um, settle their debt and it has to be done through an insolvency practitioner right so it's not something that people can deal with themselves it's not an off off the peg solution it's something that they need proper advice for before they go down that route so um, I guess that one of the problems is that people who have le- all forms of level of income can go through this change experience and perhaps we assume that it's often people on lower levels of income but I take it that probably isn't the case? No, it's, a, it's across the spectrum. It's not just people who are on benefits for example. Um, anyone can have a um, divorce, go for a relationship breakdown, can be made redundant and we have a lot of people from all, the, all spectrums of society who come in to us who need some advice, whether that's just a one-to-one session and then they're okay and can go away and put that advice into practice themselves or whether it's longer term um, casework and support that they need. So if someone's listening to this now and is aware either that they themselves are perhaps struggling a little bit or they know somebody who is, how do they get in touch with you? Um, so our HQ telephone number is 01473 or you can find us on the internet if you Google Anglia Care Trust, we'll pop up. Very good. Well, thank you very much. It's been lovely to talk to you and really appreciate that. Thank you. Another person who's here at the Apex today is Emily from Prem Recruitment. Emily, t- tell us a little about, about your role, first of all. So um, I'm a recruitment manager for a um, local recruitment agency. Um, we cover um, Newmarket, Bury St Edmunds, um, uh, Ely, Cambridge, Haverhill, um, quite a wide coverage area really, but we do temporary and permanent recruitment across all sorts of sectors, really predominantly manufacturing, warehousing, office support, clerical, uh, things like that. That must be pretty hectic at the moment. Yes, it absolutely is. And it has felt like it's been hectic now for a good sort of 12 months. It doesn't seem to be stopping. Um, Obviously, coming out the back of COVID, um, Brexit's happened. um, Everything's sort of come back in-house. So all manufacturing is coming in-house. Things are being made in the UK again. Um, uh, So, yeah, it it has been um, absolutely um, manic, um, which we're not arguing about. But um, we're just struggling obviously with with candidates to to go and do the jobs that we're trying to fill for our clients so is that part of reason why you're here today yeah pretty much you know it's always nice to um i'm local anyway bury st edmunds is my hometown so i I like to support anything going on in bury um i'm really passionate about the recruitment side of things um especially the temporary work um at the moment um i know a lot of people are in a lot of 
sort of concerning circumstances. So, um, and if people are without work, I really champion agency work. I think it's a really good way of, of just getting yourself out there, getting some money in the bank, getting some experience without having, you know, if you can't write a CV, if, you know, putting together a wonderful, you know, three-page CV is not your forte, that's fine. Phone the agency, we'll talk to you, we'll, we'll interview you, and we have the relationship with our clients that we can just get you out working and cut all the, the, the rubbish out, as I call it. Um, uh, but, yeah, no, and I, I, I like to promote what we do, um, and I like to see what other people are doing as well and it is a, it's a very challenging time for everybody so well things must be busy i'm just looking you've got three mobile phones sitting in front of you so <laughs> <laughs> you must be the busiest person here um but that aside um i think that's a lot of good advice there because i suspect for a lot of people who are thinking of either returning back to the you know the employment market or perhaps are just not sure about how to change that we sort of overlook temporary and agency work yeah yeah i think so you know and um i think we, we, we need to understand as an, an, as an industry, in temporary employment, we know what we are as an agency. We know people aren't always going to give us full-on commitment. We know that you might be you might be with us two years. You might be with us two weeks, you know, but we understand that. That's why we're here. And similarly for our clients as well, it might be that there is a business out there thinking, my goodness me, I've just got a massive order come in. I don't want to give somebody a permanent job because I can't sustain this and I don't want to make somebody redundant in 12 months' time. But actually, could I draft in an agency worker so all parties know exactly what the arrangement is, the work gets done, and we're able to offer somebody some short-term work, paid weekly if they're in a desperate financial situation, you know. Um, so it is about, I, I really, really believe in working with local businesses, working with local job seekers, and and then we all get the best out of everybody. And does that also give people opportunities to then end up making those things permanent? The maybe, sorry, those things, those roles permanent and, and people in progressing within the business? 100%, 100%. You know, um, everybody's biggest skill is not writing a CV and everybody hasn't got the required experience all the time you know um, our roles are more entry level what I call entry level so you will go in and start doing the basics however a lot of my clients will look and recognize talent and say do you know what that person's been here every day really good work ethic we're going to take them on permanently and then I have known temps of mine that have gone in stayed and three years later they're the warehouse supervisor you know so it does it does happen and I, I still don't think there you can't put a price on on the job experience you know if you've been in there if you've been in an environment and you can say no I have done x y and z on a temp role and that's a lovely way to get experience because employers who don't use agencies will hire and say you must have experience but then our candidates are saying, but how do I get that experience? It's a catch-22, isn't it? So, um, yeah, for me, agency work, when you really just... A lot of people don't know what they want to do, you know? A lot of people think, oh, no, I'd never go and work in a warehouse. And they get in there and they think, you know what, this is brilliant, I love it. You know, there's so many different roles. Um, same with our office stuff, you know. We, we have a load of grads come come through in the summer, back from uni. Um, and they, they'll go and sit there on a reception desk and they'll, they'll be absolutely wonderful at it. And no, it might not be what they're studying to do, but the next summer they'll come back to us and that client will rem remember them and say, yeah, we can, we, can we have that candidate back? We remember them. Um, so it, it, it does all come around and it does all work. In, in really good ways for everybody. And, and it's, I mean, we can all see all the warehouses going up locally and with the Freeport imminent uh, around this neck of the woods. Um, is that going to be a huge uh, place for people to be able to gain employment? 
Yeah, massive. You know, we, we, we're lucky to be working with some really, really big names, bigger names bigger than I ever thought that a lowly local recruitment agency would ever work with. You know, I thought that was reserved for the, the big boys, as we call them, but we've got some really, really good relationships. Um, uh, and we just have to be careful because what will happen is everybody will start fighting over the same pool of candidates. There are only so many people out there. If I had a people machine, then I would absolutely use it. Um, but it, it really goes down with, and we're quite selective as to who we work with, because you, yes, you want to work with as many people as possible, but you also want to work with the ones that keep their staff and treat the people nicely that you know it doesn't become a nightmare to just keep throwing in throwing in throwing in because you will get that a bad reputation as well so a hundred percent it is a, a candidate driven market at the moment these job seekers can pick and choose where they go and they they are picking and choosing and and some clients and customers are getting left behind you know because they're not paying what they need to they're not treating people the way that they should be it's definitely given a lot of people a, a shake up in the way that they run their business so wow okay well, that's an interesting time so if someone's um, considering a career change or maybe coming back into the market how do they get in touch with you yeah so you can just give us a, we love to speak to people you know I I, I hate emails so um, pick up the phone and have a chat with us we've got some lovely lovely consultants um, the reason we're all in recruitment is because we love a chat um, so our office number our new market office number is 01638 661 789 and if you really really can't do the phone thing then by all means send us an email and and that's just jobs at cremerecruitment.co.uk and one of us will get back in contact. Fantastic, thank you for that. And that's why you have three mobiles <laughs> and only one laptop, isn't absolutely, it? Yeah, absolutely. We, we keep it old school, as we say. So. <laughs> oh, thanks, Emily. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Our next uh, person to meet is Sarah. Sarah, you are from Citizens Advice, West Suffolk. So, talk us through what you're doing here at this event. So, we have five offices across West Suffolk Brandon, Mills and Hall, Haverhill, Newmarket, Bury St Edmunds. And we're here today to really talk to people about how they could possibly save some money and also increase their um, income, looking at benefits. Is there anything they could do to? maybe get more money from their adult children who maybe don't pay as much as they should do towards the household and also look at saving money, see if there's any ways. But, and really our general advice service as well, which is you know, our main core service, but um, the cost of living crisis has really affected us and we're, we're seeing most of our clients at the moment are those that are struggling with paying their bills. So is that the, the key driver? It's, it's really those who are turning up saying, I have income of X and I have expenditure of x plus 100 or whatever the figure might be i think well they're not quite coming to us like that it's more that they don't know why they don't have any money left at the okay. end of the month rather than they know that they're um spending more than's coming in so we talked a lot about people with budgeting um see if there's any way that they kind of can work out why they think they should have money left at the end of the month and they don't so weekly diaries using the app on their banking because um, a lot of them have got free apps now they can see where they're spending their money so we talk a lot about that so it's difficult it's always been a struggle to talk to people about budgeting um, because that's not what they've come to us they've come to us in crisis normally but i think as as what we're going through continues people may be you know a lot more open to it um, jam jar accounts all the old things i was taught as a child when i used to get my brown envelope with cash yeah. um, when i first started working you know you had to put so much in there and so that's what we're doing at the moment and that's what we're really trying to push yeah. i think uh, it's true that that's the issue that i think for 
those of us in anything to do with finance we've been talking about for years um, and it's sort of fallen on some deaf ears hopefully those who've heard it have changed but the difficulty must be as you say when someone comes to you in crisis because it's all very well saying put some money aside for next Christmas but if they can't pay the gas bill now what 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 can you do about that well at the moment there are funds available from the county council um, but they're one-off funds they are quite generous at the moment for a household but we are, we are concerned about what we will be doing and we haven't got an answer um, we just need to be looking at everything we can do now to try and make sure they're in the best position they can be to fight what's going to happen October who knows when the energy bills you know national citizen advice do a lot of campaigning so they'll do campaigning on looking at 20 pounds uplifting universal credit coming back um, but actually it's going to be the general man and woman on the street that maybe work full-time standard living but they're going to really see a raise as well and they're going to they're going to be ones that we're struggling on top of what we normally see so yeah. it's, it's a, an ongoing thing which we try we would love to be able to say we've got an answer but we don't no. <laughs> not yet we'll try. yeah no and that's all you can do i suppose is offer whatever help is available but just going back to that budgeting side of things i'm interested in the idea of the diary how, how, how does that work so we, we ask people so we do we do a lot of this with debt advice so if people are saying i don't know why i don't have any money left so we'll say well do you know what you spend so we'll give them they can either do it online or we have a paper diary and try and write down everything everything you spend in a day so when you bought your coffee like i did downstairs earlier write that down think about what you're spending because it's so much easier now with a card particularly since they've increased the, the amount that you can flash at the machine now so just write it down it's, it's just a weekly diary and we ask people to consider that we also have um, other sorts of diaries where someone may set themselves a target of not spending any money today. It's up to them. They use it. We don't look at it. It's, it's a bit like if anyone's ever done Slimming Wells. They give you this diary and say, we don't want to see it. You just keep yourself what you're eating. So it's very similar to that. So that's how we're working. Again, we use it a lot with our people that are already in debt, but we hope to use it more now with people that are just going to be struggling and worrying about how they're paying their bills. And I think that is part of the issue, isn't it? It's just actually being mindful about what you are doing, where you are spending money, because it's just so easy to spend money without realising it. So easy to spend money, to spend, use credit cards. I mean, you think £100 a flash, you can walk through wherever. Debenhams, not Debenhams, because we're in Bowes and Edmonds, but a big store, Marks and Spencers, and you can just flash your cards and that's £100 gone. To me, that's, you know, quite a big chunk of my weekly wage. But it's so easy. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for what you're doing. Now the star of the show. So, Wayne, um, it's great to catch up with you. First of all, thank you for all the times we have the opportunity to speak. But why, why was this so important to you? Uh, I think because it is affecting absolutely everybody. It doesn't matter what job you have, what your background is. Um, everybody, in some ways, being affected by the, the, the current rate of inflation and, and this whole cost of living crisis. And it was really important, I think, to get the message out there that there is help. And we've proven today that there is help. All the organisations like yourself who, who came along have, have helped people. The advice you give has been invaluable. And that's what we wanted to achieve. So does that show in, in the response you get from your listeners? Oh, absolutely. We've had some wonderful texts into the programme today saying it was really interesting and, and people have learned something. As I said, I think the important thing is help is out there. Uh, a lot of it is free. Um, you know, we, we spoke to Suffolk Law Centre. You'd think, oh, that's going to cost me a fortune if, I've got, if I need help with my debt. No, 
people helping you for free. Uh, and that's, that was the point we wanted to get across. There's lots of help for people. And what response are you having normally during, the, during your programme? Are people contacting you saying this is an issue for them? Oh, goodness gracious me, yeah, dozens and dozens and dozens of texts and calls, people struggling to pay their electric bills, uh, petrol fuels the big one, has been for the last couple of months people filling up at petrol stations people are not using the car as much because they can't afford to put fuel in their car, they can't afford to go to work, um, a lot of carers who travel uh, house to house, home carers saying that they're, you know, that they're, they're forking out on petrol and that's eating into their, into their wage, so yeah affecting everybody well, thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to be here and keep, keep going all the good work in the programme. Colin, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Wayne. Thank you. All the best. So now with uh, the producer, Vic, who does all the hard work behind the scenes, with Catherine, who I have to admit is sitting in the background and checking her emails. Yeah. Vic, what, what, do you, first of all, do you get a chance to get out of the studio much? Yeah, it's, well, not much in the last couple of years. We've kept most of it in the studio because of the pandemic, obviously, um, not wanting to mix too much with people. Um, so this is one of the few ones we've managed to do, actually, in the last year. And it's great to be out in the community, actually. Probably the best bit about my job is getting out and doing OBs because we do get to mix the people that are listening to us as well. And even with you getting to put like a name and face together, it's, it's always really nice. Um, so this is one of many that we've got coming up this year. There's lots of Suffolk events that are happening in the summer that we're hoping to get to, like the Suffolk show, things like that. Um, but with it being so topical about the cost of living, especially for this one, and doing it this month, I think that's why it was so important for us to do it today because... It's the last couple of weeks where it's really changed and things have really started to go up in price and, you know, the energy bill kind of coming in for the 1st of April. So I think this is why this one was so important. And actually, this isn't just helping our listeners, it's also helping us as members of staff and how we can balance our own finances and our own income and our own spending. Particularly for someone like me who lives by myself, I'm trying to, you know, how can I make my pennies stretch? How can I sort of afford food for my cats as well as me? Which sounds really silly, but actually... For a lot of people, something like having a pet is one of their most costly things. It does worry me that a lot of them will now end up going back into mm. charity homes and rescue homes. But sometimes that, that's just the way life goes and you've got to balance it. So I'm really excited and pleased to actually be out here today. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's been quite a, a lot of work, I suspect, to get all these people here to, to, to speak with. Is it having an impact in the people who contact you in the show? It's definitely having an impact for our, for our listeners. Um, people are, con you know, kind of coming in with questions and queries and wondering what they can do for this. And I'm hoping that all the different people we've had here today have, like, even if they've only helped one person listening, that's better than nothing. And that's a real achievement for us being here today. Um, I think even for me, for example, talking to this uh, Save Money Cut Carbon guys, they were showing me things of um, silk dental floss, which, again, is something I've really thought about that's a plastic thing that I use. And if I can make more sustainable choices on things, then maybe that's also a cost-saving um, you know, thing for me as well. So I think something like that was actually really useful for me today because now I think I'm going to go home and wonder how I can be more sustainable with the things that I've got, which means I'm going to be spending less overall. That's a really big uh, parallel story, isn't it? Because I think we've thought probably over the last month or two, well, actually, no, they can't be solved at the same time, but actually they do point to the same direction. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing stuff. Um, so as a producer on the show, and you're obviously deciding the content, mm. how do you balance that? Because this is obviously an ongoing story and it probably will be for the next, I don't know, several months or maybe even a few years. But there perhaps comes a point where people then think, oh, not this story again. So how do you decide that? Def there is definitely a case of, you know, are we sick of hearing of this? 
But I think we've got to remind, I, th I think I have to remind myself that people listen at different times of day, so we might catch different people. Mm. So I think when something is this important, I don't think you can do it too many times, but you are right, it's gotta, you've got to keep it fresh and talk to different people. I think it's, I often have conversations with members of staff about what's worrying them and what's worrying me and trying to compare and think of things from different people's perspectives and living environments and areas in the community, actually. People's issues in Bury St Edmunds might be really different to if they lived in Ipswich or if they lived out in Oldborough. I guess maybe they had more coastal queries, coast-related queries. So I think it's trying to think a bit more outside the box and actually if I lived in this area what would worry me or if I did worked in this in this job in this sector what would worry me I think it's been really useful actually to be an on-air producer during the pandemic because I have spoken to a lot of listeners directly and gotten an idea of what it is that's actually worrying them and I think because I love this job so much like, and the best part of this job is that I can help people even if it's just a little bit I think that helps me keeps me inspired in wanting to do more and help more and think of different angles and doing things like shows like today you do have conversations with people that I might not have met otherwise and so that then sparks an idea or for the Linden House are doing an open morning in a couple of weeks so that's something that we can send Luke to and they they do um, you know opportunities create opportunities for people under 25 that's a whole other demographic now I'm hoping hoping to help so I think yeah as, as a producer it's just conversation it's just talking to people and trying to put yourself in their, their shoes I think that's really important and, and I guess doing something for a radio station that represents the county is being aware of what's going on in the county and the issues that are really prevalent in people's minds definitely and I think that is one of the strengths that BBC, BBC Suffolk have is that we do try to get out in the community as much as possible and because as a station we actually really really do care and so you know producers on the breakfast show or even mark will come with to, with ideas for me about ways that we can do on our show because they might be more suitable for our show compared to the breakfast show like it's just and he, he lives in felix so so he hears what's going on in, in in that area and i guess that's what we all bring as us that we all live in different areas too but at the heart of it we do actually really care for our listeners and we want to do the best we can for them well thank you for today it's been great to as you say meet people it's and so nice to meet yeah. you <laughs> Well, yeah, it seems like a long time since we've been yeah. talking and uh, and at least my iPhone seems to work here, whereas um, when I'm in the office it never seems yeah, to work probably, does it? <laughs> so thank you for your patience yeah, all the time with that and it's good to see you. You too, take care. Thank you, bye. So now just working my way along, we've come to Neil, who's from Access Community Trust. Neil, tell us a little bit about Access Community Trust first of all. Uh, so Access Community Trust is a local charity. Um, our head office sort of is in Lowestoft, but we're just branching into Bury St Edmunds with a new youth hub. And so is this what you're here to talk about today, to discuss with people? Yes, that's um, mostly been what I've been here to talk about today, but just the trust sort of in general, because as well as we have a huge range of provisions, uh, not just for young people, but for adult services as well. Um, but we work with people from all, all backgrounds, all needs. Um, as I say, at the Youth Hub in Bury, we're going to be doing uh, drop-in sessions, educational employment, uh, help and advice as well. Um, as well as just a sort of standard youth hub somewhere for young people to come and, and they can get involved in activities, we'll have activities going on, but also I think it's important for people to just have a space that they feel they can come to. So if they don't want to get involved in activities, they can just come, sit, relax. Enjoy.
So what, what input have you had in for today? Obviously, the whole idea being about inflation, the cost of living crisis and so on. What's uh, Access Community Trust um, input on that? What, what, how, how can they assist and help? Well, I think with that, it's, um, it's quite often what I was talking about earlier is about people just coming together and being able to share um, advice with one another of things that have worked well, certainly in terms of uh, food costs and stuff like that our pink orange um, sort of program in terms of giving people uh, recipe boxes and stuff like that so they can get back into sort of cooking and making that food sort of stretch a bit further you know we, we waste a lot of food uh, in this day and age it's something I'm conscious of myself of trying to make sure that I only shop for what I need I plan my meal was uh, as boring as that is it's kind of like it's one of those things but it, but it does help yeah. it's, it's cut down massively on food waste and so forth um, and also for young people as well I think the last couple of years have been hard for everybody and, and young people I think have, have often it's like well you're young and you've got the rest of your life ahead of you and you know you don't need to worry about this stuff now but actually it has impacted them all massively um, and, and so there's that, that sort of aspect as well that uh, I think we're seeing more and more of now with young people as well, how much they've been impacted by, by the last couple of years. So in addition to, to providing the, the food for people to cook, is there training on catering and being able to you know, make something of those ingredients? Absolutely. So it leads on to sort of training. We're looking at having like a training cafe at Linden House as well so people can learn. Uh, sort of retail skills and barista skills and things like that and, and look if that's another area that they'd sort of potentially see themselves going into um, but we'll, we'll also want to do stuff like budgeting uh, with young people as well because it's open to anyone under the age of 25 but at 25 I know plenty of sort of young people who have moved out at that point but um, you know those first couple of years of moving out of mum and dad's or, or whoever's house is, is a big thing and, and it's you, you're not quite aware necessarily of things that you have to pay out for, you know, what your rights are in terms of you, renting places and stuff like that as well. So I think there's a huge amount of information that I know when I left home, I, I didn't really know very much. You know, I got myself into some debt problems um, with credit cards just because it was, I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of budgeting or planning. I had no idea about council tax when I first moved out that that was the thing. I was like, I have to pay this every month? Um, so it's things like that as well that I think as long as people have the understanding of it and, and can plan themselves, I think that's really important. Yeah, as you say, unfortunately our level of financial education in this country is abysmal, isn't it? And um, yeah, if, if you're a reasonably independent young person, you want to strike out by yourself, where do you go to get that support? So if you're able to offer that. So this is all part of the Linden House project. Yes. So yeah, just talk us through a bit more about that. So we've, we've um, been very lucky to receive uh, some funding in order to do this. Um, so we've, we've recently sort of taken over, um, used to be the uh, British Language School building uh, on King's Road. And we're just turning that into a, a sort of bit of a unique space, really. As I say, we're going to have the cafe areas sort of downstairs. We've got a well-being room as well um, for sort of meditation and yoga and things like that, because that's often connected um, everything is sort of connected in terms of our well-being um, whether that's financial well-being or physical or mental well-being um, so we have those on as well we'll be doing lots of sort of different events and stuff over the summers as well but certainly having local bit like today having local sort of businesses come in and, and talk to some of our young people about 
possible career options or like I say money and budgeting and things like that or food or well-being um, across the board we want to sort of be a one-stop shop for all of it really very exciting times thank you very much lovely thank to talk you. to you thank, thank you very you. much so I'm now uh, with Gracie and Holly from Save Money Cut Carbon. Now, I haven't heard of you guys before, but perhaps you can give me a little introduction. Holly, what to, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, so we are an e-commerce business and we also do projects. Um, our goal is to help businesses, domestic people, um, customers um, save money and cut carbon, basically. We do that via um, big project businesses where we help um, places like Radisson and Hilton retrofit. So um, from LED lighting to showers that reduce their water and heat bills. And then we've taken that to tradespeople as well as domestic customers as well. So we have a lot of products for your home. Um, we have sustainable living range as well, which includes things like bamboo toothbrushes, um, other cleaning products that reduce your plastic waste. Everything that we sell either reduces your energy bills, your water bills, reduces plastic, and therefore contributes to reducing carbon as well. Okay. So as I stand here on one side of your table, and you're the other side, I can just see all sorts of household you know, appliances and goods and stuff. Are we saying that everything on this table will help me in some shape or form? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, whether it be um, LED light bulbs, which will obviously reduce your electricity bills, to um, what we call flow bags, which help you monitor how much water you're using. Um, and from that, you can see whether it might be applicable to change your shower head to a more um, sustainable shower head, which will push airflow as well as water so you're reducing the water the amount that you're using but you're not um, distracting from your showering experience um, to cotton buds um, to um, eco-friendly um, cleaning products called ocean saver which means that you won't have to use a plastic bottle each time that you're buying um, for example kitchen spray um, so yeah everything on this table is to help people I have to ask about the toilet roll Please, this is just one sample. We have two different, I think, Gracie, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we've got um, one called Uranus Wiper, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, and so it's all um, recycled um, toilet paper, not used toilet paper that's been recycled, obviously. Um, <laughs> um, it's been recycled yeah. into yeah. toilet paper. Exactly. But, um, so not using plastic um, within the wrapping or in the toilet roll. So we're just giving that people. I think sometimes it's difficult when you're buying um, things like this to know what it feels like, whether you'll yes. like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so we thought we'd bring along a little sample for people yes. to have a look at. Very good. Okay, so um, what, what else can people benefit from? So we're obviously we're talking here about the cost of living and so on. Does this have an impact on that as well? Yes, so with our LED light bulbs, for example, um, it just shows how much uh, electricity you're using. So this light bulb, for example, is a halogen bulb. So this one will cost you £23.55 a year uh, to run. But if we take that one out and switch it to... So this is a really interesting little display here. So there's a variety of different light bulbs and you can basically just tell us what it's costing each year for each light bulb. That's right, yes. So I've changed the uh, halogen bulb into an LED bulb here. Um, and now you can see this one's costing oh, you 59 pence. And it's a nice colour as well, actually. Oh, yes. 
This one's one of the uh, smart bulbs, so this one changes colour as well. Um, but or we've got what, just a standard. So a difference here. of 24, so well, 30 pounds you would say now to about 60p. Uh, that's right. So it'll cost a bit a bit more than 60p for the for the year to run, um, but that's sort of per uh, kilowatt per hour. So it'd be much much cheaper in the long run. So how do people find out about your business? How do they get to see what you have on offer? Uh, yeah, just visit our website, um, which is savemoneycutcarbon.com. We have a host of um, articles on our website as well. Our Learn and Save Hub has about 500 articles, I think, Gracie, um, that will give you tips on how to save money, cut carbon, um, things and regulations and things that you can do as well. So, And do you have some of these demos online? So in other words, can someone see the difference that that makes? Um, we don't have a demo as such online, but if you uh, go on our website and choose a light bulb, um, there should be a calculator at the top of the screen. Okay. So it will tell you roughly how much that light bulb is going to cost you a year. So you can also... Um, compare products on our website so you can add a cut there's a little plus somewhere you can pop a couple of things in your basket and you can see which one's going to save you more money um, and yeah it's really really interesting thank you thank you very much so we'll come along to the next stand which is all about fuel efficiency and saving money um, in our heating bill so from that we've got molly who's from west suffolk council and we have matthew who's from suffolk county council um, talk us through what's what this is all about. Yeah, we've got a project going on at the moment which we've had over the number of years, which we're trying to help those households who are struggling with their fuel bills and live in really energy inefficient houses. Um, so we know at the moment in Suffolk, there's probably between 30 and 60,000 households who are paying, for example, more than 10% of their income on um, fuel bills, heating, lighting, energy. Um, and that is just really hard. For them it's outrageous in this day and age to actually find people like that but they're struggling and many people talk about it in terms of struggling to work out whether they should eat themselves eat have money to pay for something to eat or whether they should uh, pay for fuel you know um, heating or eating does not seem the right choice that we should be giving people these days so our project is using government funding from bays the government department um, to go in put cavity insulation in, loft insulation, maybe photovoltaic panels, maybe external wall insulation to make their houses so they're more comfortable. Um, and we're doing that because it's the right thing to do, but many people who have temperatures below maybe 19 degrees in the houses will start suffering health-wise as well. Mm. So this is a way of actually trying to help people be as healthy as possible, to help them save money, to make them feel more comfortable. Um, and all of that adds up to actually giving them a better quality of life as well. So how's this responsibility divvied up between the two of you? So, Molly, what, what part does West Suffolk um, play in, in this? Yeah, so uh, as Suffolk, we work as a consortium with all of um, the, the district councils. Um, so, yes, we all play sort of an equal part in uh, drumming up interest in the grant and getting those measures installed in residence houses. And how do people get to know about this? Um, so we do have our website, Warm Home Suffolk website, um, and residents can register their interest on there and check if they're eligible for the scheme. Um, otherwise, it could be word of mouth um, or just coming to the council for advice. And, and what are we talking about in terms of the financial support that's available here? Yes, OK, so this particular funding that we've got this time 
Um, we can spend up to £10,000 on a house to try and improve its energy efficiency. If someone is renting a house, then we can provide up to £5,000 worth of uh, insulation or energy efficiency, and then the landlord is expected to top it up by another 2500 So it's quite a good package. For some situations, it's not enough. Um, but for many situations, it provides them with an improved quality of energy efficiency, which is going to help them. What can you get for that sort of money, for £10,000? What, what does that help with? What, what would that provide? Um, yeah, so, so for that, you could get a range of measures, including solar PVs uh, on the roof or various measures of insulation, like loft insulation or external wall insulation. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll talk to the people who've expressed interest. We'll make sure they're eligible, as Molly says. Um, if they're eligible um, and their house is known to have a poor energy rating, the EPC, Energy Performance Certificate, uh, we'll do a survey and see what's possible. In some houses, it might be multiple different things. So it might be loft and cavity. In some, it might just be one of those. Or it might just be they've already had some loft insulation. It just tops it up to the, the minimum standard that's expected now. Um, so we'll go in, we'll make some recommendations. We'll then arrange for the installer to do that installation. We'll do all the right checks to all the latest standards um, and again that will have a warranty with it as well um, where um, the house isn't eligible then we'll try and give some advice and do some signposting where the cost is much higher we'll try and average that out so for example something like external wall insulation is typically costing around about £15,000 a house um, it's quite difficult quite tricky to do we'll try and balance that with somewhere else that only needs maybe three or four thousand pounds spending on it um, but it's a really good scheme um, and we're going right through this year with that um, and often people think it's only winter time isn't it when you've got to worry about these things but with the latest fuel price rises it's as good a time now as ever to get yourself prepared for the winter because we know more price rises are coming so so as far as your scheme is concerned what's the best way of people getting hold of of that finding some further details best way is probably go on to our website um, which is warmhomesuffolk.org um, if they go on there they can see the criteria they can register their interest we are really busy at the moment um, so um, it'll take a little bit of time for us to get back to you because the demand as you might guess has been absolutely phenomenal um, but we know there's huge numbers of houses in Suffolk that need dealing with um, and, and sorting into energy efficiency so we'll get to you as soon as we can and hopefully be able to help and, and just to be clear, that's warm homes, plural, Suffolk. So there's two S's in the middle of all of that, <laughs> just to make absolutely sure. Is there a phone number that people can use? Yep, so uh, people can phone, phone us on 03456 037 686 um, or any of the councils we're able to um, uh, provide that number. East Suffolk Council are the ones that are doing a lot of the... Um, uh, contact with so if you get contacted by East Suffolk Council and you live in West Suffolk it's not the end of the world we do talk to each other and do work together because that's the most efficient way of working yeah yeah no absolutely well that's a, it's an amazingly um, interesting scheme and certainly one that I think lots more people need to know about so thank you for coming and telling us about it today thank you very much I was extremely grateful to all those we were able to speak to um, at the Cost of Living Fair 
as it was referred to at the apex in Ghost Edmonds, organised by the BBC Radio Suffolk. And very grateful to the team at BBC Radio Suffolk for letting me follow them around um, and interview people myself. Um, I, I was delighted to be there. And obviously one of the key things that we try to communicate with Kingsfleet Wealth um, is that there's sort of three things that, that we do. One is that uh, Kingsfleet Wealth educates our own clients about money and they pay. Uh, then we try and communicate uh, communicate with people in the community about money and educate them. And that's really where the podcast comes in. Um, and of course, visiting the fair, for example. Um, and then we also have a, a, a charity which supports um, education causes in Suffolk. So dealing with this issue of um, cost of living the message that we were trying to communicate during um, that session was all about budgeting and really ensuring that people understand exactly what they spend um, exactly what income they have and looking to ensure that what they spend is lower than their income first of all but once that is established then trying to ensure that um, sufficient money is put to one side every month to cover all the regular outgoings whether that's a rent or mortgage whether that's electricity gas um, food bills whatever things go out regularly that those are allocated as soon as pay is received because it's only when you know what those things are and that tells you what the remaining part is, which is what economists call your disposable income. Um, I've never liked the word disposable, but that's what it's referred to. So that's really what we, we like to, to do. And that, it was a real privilege to be invited to be there. And once again, I'm extremely grateful to uh, BBC Radio Suffolk that they uh, then allowed me to just do a few recordings when the programme was over and uh, wonderful to just see how much knowledge was shared and, and we might be able to dig a bit deeper on some of those uh, conversations that we had and some of those interviews that we had. So we always like to hear your ideas and stories so again if in this theme for example you found a clever way of managing arrangements or saving money then we'd love to hear about it and also if you know of anyone who you think would make an ideal guest for one of our podcasts please do get in touch um, it's not just about money it's about what you can do with it um, and it's also about talking to people who are fascinating and fun people from Suffolk with a fascinating or an interesting story to tell so as always I just want to give my thanks to the wonderful team that keeps this show on the road uh, to Joy Day for working on our website and visuals and to Sally Birch and to Kevin Birch for arranging um, the people for us to speak with and for editing uh, and producing the finished article it's great to have you with us thank you so much for the support of this podcast and we hope that you'll join us in the very near future